0: Welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and uh, it's, it's been a heck of a day. Um, have you ever had those days where literally it takes you two hours to do a five-minute project? It, it's just, it's, it makes my mind explode. I'm um, I, I just getting ready for, you know, to record this show is one distraction of another distraction got to lock myself in the bathroom just to you know get my thoughts together and then you know then you got the parenting and you know being a spouse and work and uh, it's just maddening but such is life right we just we keep on moving on and I'm telling you there's uh, probably no other place I'd want to be except for uh, in this kitchen right now so and we are in the kitchen today uh, as you know we're continuing the series of our uh thanksgiving series getting close to that day the big day the big turkey day uh it's always a big holiday good times let's do some cooking Um, but first let's talk about what we're drinking today i'm drinking this is a big big mug of marsala chai and uh I'm uh I like to use uh two tea bags in mine. I like it just a little extra strong. I love the chai flavor and all the spices along with that. I have my cliche simmering spices candle going. And uh, you know, just get myself in the right mindset. But, you know, on the other side of that, it, it really is like setting the stage and and uh, this can be equated to you know how we set the stage for when we're cooking or when we're presenting or even thanksgiving dinner when we're making that you know that big tablescape or we're setting the ambiance in the house we're you know making sure it smells good got some light you know some soft jazz or or you know instrumental or just classic music in the background really, I mean, it makes a difference by taking the time to really set up your entire package. Look at the umbrella of it, right? You know, because the senses are all over the place. You know, you got the smells, you got the, what it looks like. You got the feelings of family and people, whether they're good or bad. Sometimes they're uh, pretty bad. They're anxious and oh gosh, but, um, taking the time to really, to really set up what you're trying to do, you know, and then the food, food comes out, that's the showstopper, right? That's like, bam, there it is. And then you're encore. So, you know, we, as people, uh, you know, they say a lot, you know, you eat with your eyes first, but I beg to differ because, you know, you could set the most beautiful plate in front of me, but if I'm sitting outside on the curb, it's probably not going to be as good as it would be, you know, in the restaurant that it was made in at a, per, you know, maybe a perfectly curated table with, you know, chatter around me and, and uh, you know, my, you know, most beloved wife in front of me and nice drink in my hand, you know, those type of things, they really create the experience. And, you know, we talk about that a lot in the restaurant world. It's about that experience you know, the restaurant can have the best food in the world, but if you don't provide that experience, then, you know, you're not going to get people to come back because, you know, that's what you're paying those inflated prices for. You know, um, I recently had uh, a coworker tell me a story about like, you know, they came in, oh, hi, we have this customer that comes in and, and uh, she saw that we had this bottle of wine and just started ranting to me about, I can buy this for $10 cheaper at Costco and, And I don't know what you guys are thinking, selling it for that expensive. And, you know, I listened and I I explained to her, I said, listen, you got to understand that when we sell wine, you know, in a restaurant, we're also selling that experience. You know, you also have a server opening that bottle for you. You also have them pouring it perfectly, coming over, making sure your glass is full. All you have to do is drink it, right? So take the time to kind of understand when you see those inflated prices out there. When you go to a restaurant and you're like, "Oh man, that's my favorite bottle of wine." That stuff is, you know, 26 dollars off the shelf at Fred Meyer's or Costco or one of those other places. But but what are you paying for? You're also paying for that experience. You're paying for the ability to sit there and enjoy yourself and not think about anything but consuming everything around you. So, just my little rant for a second there and just, you know, kind of understanding the ambiance and and setting the stage and, and really being mindful about what, uh, what we're doing here, you know, and they couldn't uh, really relate even any more than it does with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is such a, it's, it's a time that's full of feelings. Like I was just saying, you know, you have these feelings of maybe anxiousness of seeing family members that you may not want to see or haven't seen in a long time. Um, you have feelings of excitement, uh, you know, of of being around everybody, maybe, you know, maybe you don't get to see your family as much as you'd like. And, and so you get to spend some time with the people you love and, and people that love you. And, and that's, you know, a really cool thing. Or maybe, you know you you have a bit of social anxiety and you're just like oh gosh how am I going to get through with this but you know that's what setting the stage is all about and we can do that and it can relate to every aspect of life but we're going to we're going to relate it to you know thanksgiving and cooking and and really uh dive deep into what that means right so but continuing on with, uh, you know, the series of Thanksgiving, we are going to jump into the cranberry sauce or cranberry jelly, as some of you like to call it. I might beg to differ. It's probably one of the bigger debated topics or subjects around this holiday. Uh, it's probably a big one. Like, what, what do you do? Do you do fresh or do, do you do canned? I mean, to each his own, no judgment either way, right? I'll explain it. I'll, I'll break it down how it breaks down in my head, you know? So the can that, you know, that, that jelly that you open the top of the can and you turn it upside down and you shake it a little bit and it just kind of slowly like boop pops out on the plate and say it's just still sitting there and it still looks like a can, right? So like, Oh, what do you, what do I do with it? What is this product? <laughs> And then you got the uh the other one which is the the freshly made where you know you're you're taking this this fresh cranberry that you know you only see in the stores for well 2 to 3 months out of the year and which is also an interesting story but uh then you're like oh man this thing is super hard like what do I do how do I cook that what how do I get it looking like this jelly well not only am I going to teach you how to do that today but we're going to talk about cranberries and so really just to kind of dive into that world of cranberries, give you a little bit of fun facts and, you know, have a good time, make some cranberry sauce here in the kitchen. Um, but before I do that, before we jump into that, I just wanted to take an opportunity to say, you know, get on there, subscribe to this channel, share it. I'm on, you know, Instagram. I do have an email. It's maxeffortkitchen at gmail.com. Um, totally open to having anybody on the show that you know feels like they want to be on the show um, I would love to hear feedback and topics and all that kind of stuff you know I'm here for you and that's you know all there is to it i'm I'm not here to make a buck I'm not here to you know you know think that I'm going to go anywhere with this I'm here to pass some knowledge and those of you out there that know me know that you know this is this is what it's about you know, I just want to pass on some knowledge. I want to, you know, give back what I've learned because we all can be culinarians as one might call us. (laughs) Uh, we all can be that we all can have, um, our, you know, our toolkit or our our specific, you know, skill set that really, um, I guess describes who we are on a plate right because everything you put on a plate is is a direct reflection of you some might say and uh you know so so take some time share it if you know someone who could you know benefit from this or if someone is just learning how to cook this is a great place for it you know because i'm given very basic information um, I can definitely go a little bit deeper and and go, and we will, you know, we'll have stores or shows that will dive deeper into um, all things food, but also all things life. So um, anyways, the moral of the story is hit me up, share, like, to subscribe, all that fun stuff. I uh, just want to get as much information out as possible. So cranberries, 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 uh, you know. It's funny, I was looking up as I was doing like some research on this. I found some really funny topics, um, or not topics, but information. And <laughs> did you know, according to uh, ocean spray, which ocean spray is the largest producer of pretty much all things cranberries, uh, that five million gallons of canned cranberries are consumed in a year? Five million. And they said that was like something like 4 million pounds of cranberries that go into those cans, a little bit of pectin, a little bit of jelly, or I mean, a little bit of pectin, a little bit of sugar, right? Um, And that's a lot of cranberries in a can for the amount of time that we actually eat it, because you think most of that is consumed between the months of November and December, which... To me, it seems like a whole lot of uh, canned cranberry, which, and then I started looking it up a little bit more, and it was saying that only 26% of Americans actually do the homemade version. Well, I really, 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 really hope to change that, even if it's just one person um, with this uh, recipe today and, and cooking in the kitchen. But um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the the cranberry, actually. You know, it was the the harvest season is only like six weeks long. Um, It's late fall, early winter. So, you know, it's it's pretty much made for this holiday. Right. Um, You know, they the historians kind of go back and forth on like whether or not it was actually at the Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving meal. Uh, what that actual first Thanksgiving meal really looked like. You know, there's a lot of uh, nonsense and and just a whole bunch of noise out there about like that Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but if we want to put our head in the sand a little bit and just, you know, build off that nostalgia, you know, the, their, cranberries were a part of that first meal um, as far as you know, some of the information that I found. And that's why we're talking about it. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you're making cranberry sauce, man. That's going to be like a 15 minute show. And now I'm doing it because it is a staple, right? It's, it's something really easy to make with a lot of flavor. And, um, although not many people will raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm a cranberry sauce lover, or I'm a cranberry jelly lover. I do know some people that do, but, um, you know, we're talking about it because of that. So how do you know if you got a bad cranberry? You know, you go to the store, you buy the bag of like, you know, hard cranberries, and you're like, what the heck is this? How does this turn into that, you know, sweet and semi-savory dish? Well, funny little story, is there's a there's a, a deal out there called the, the bounce test, and this bounce test was invented by a farmer by the name of John Pegleg Webb, and. <laughs> It's crazy because this was done in like the 1800s and we still to this day kind of use this is from what I understand. I do. It was taught to me. And so if it was, I mean, if it was taught to me in this day and age, like it's obviously still used at what uh, capacity, I'm not really sure, but you know, it's a thing. So, uh, the bounce test, basically it came about because this farmer, John, uh, he, spilled he was walking around spilled a bucket of of his cranberries and noticed that like half the cranberries bounced and some of them just like hit the ground and didn't do anything well upon a little bit more investigation he he realized that like the ones that are bounced the ones that bounce off the ground are actually uh the good ones because the ones that didn't bounce are soft and starting to actually do a little bit other things in science but um so that's how you sorted them out. And that's how you get, you know, these perfect hard brown, uh, cranberries that are ready to be processed and cooked. Um, because when you open that bag, you know, you want to kind of do the same thing. Cause you know, I would say majority of cranberries that you get at the store are probably going to be sorted out by uh, a machine. So they're not going to be perfect. And maybe uh, big companies might not be doing the bounce test. Maybe the smaller farmers are, who knows? But this is an opportunity for you to do the bounce test at home and get those uh, cranberries, you know, the bad ones out of there because they're not going to do anything that great for your sauce. So go ahead, do the do that test, you know, play around with it, have some fun, get your kids involved. Uh, but, you know, the, the name cranberry is actually, the original name is cranberry. And, and if you ever ever looked at... A, a flowering cranberry plant or bush i think it's a bush it looks actually like a crane and so when it was first discovered uh you know the natives that did discover it they used to call it a crane berry. and they would use it for all kinds of different things uh you know dye for like clothes dyeing clothes uh there was a medicinal use uh like to filter blood and and use it for infections and stuff like that uh, one of the more interesting facts I found about cranberries and how the natives would use it is they would take the cranberries they would cook them down over you know over a fire of some water um, and then after they they cooked them down they would you know drain any excess water out they would mix in any grains they had any kind of wheat berries grains and then animal fat and they'd sit there and they'd make it they make it into this like log right shape it into this log they got animal fat and all that stuff and then they would cut it into pieces right so you kind of see where i'm going here and then they would take it and they would dry them out so they got these little mini logs everywhere just drying out right of cranberries you know some some animal fat uh some wheat berries and guess what we have we have the first and only energy bar because they would take these and they would pack them with them when they went out hunting in the winter and it would be a source of energy and that so i thought that was a really cool thing um and a neat uh little side note about cranberries just you know it's uh it's always interesting to see you know the evolution of how a food got to what it is you know because you look at something like cranberries and you're like the heck is this all about you know like why did this make it onto the table but as we just learned it's because it's what was harvested in this in this time period it's what was harvested between november and december and you know if we look back at the way you know the natives would eat it's like they they didn't they weren't out there eating stuff that grew in july that was fresh you know, they didn't have hot houses out there. They didn't have these, you know, techniques of, of growing really beautiful tomatoes in December. No, they ate what was fresh. They ate what grew in that period. And I challenge you out there to actually like try to do that. Um, I did it for, oh, I'm going to say about nine months in school as, as a project and, you know, wrote a paper on it and everything. But it was very interesting um, it was very interesting. There was a lot of kale, there was a lot of uh, root vegetables, rutabaga, potatoes, carrots. You know, if, if you're from the Pacific Northwest, you know that we're not a you know, in the winter, we are not a bountiful uh, area, and so you're getting a lot of stuff that's growing in the ground, and just the way it is up here. But you know, if you lived in that time, that's what you that was your food source you know, and so it's, uh, it makes a lot of sense to uh, this idea of, you know, clean eating and staying away from processed foods, which to each his own. Um, I eat my fair share of processed foods. So I am not one to judge. But uh, I'm just saying, it's a cool experiment to do. If you ever are into it, reach out to me, I'll give you some details. So we're going to go into cranberries, I'm going to take a drink of some of this chai tea. All right, cranberry sauce. First thing we're going to do here is I'll read off the, uh, the ingredient list and we can talk about what, what we need to get, our, you know, our mise en place. So first things first, you need one pound of granulated sugar. You need four fluid ounces of orange juice, eight fluid ounces of water, A pound and eight ounces, which is basically what the bag is. A one pound, eight ounces of fresh cranberries. One cinnamon stick. Two fluid ounces of orange liqueur. This is an optional thing. Two teaspoons of orange zest. And we'll talk about orange zest here soon. And then 20 orange segments. And I will break that one down for you as well. So... As you can see by this recipe, we um, are gathering flavors that combine well together. And you'll hear me talk about this. Like, you know, you're not going to go out there and put like black licorice with, you know, chocolate, or maybe you will, who knows? Um, But you're probably not going to get a desired result out of it, you know? So a, a really easy way to do this and say you go, you know, you're out there and you're like, man, what can I do with onions? You know, um, get on your Google machine and get out there and and type in onion pairings. And if there's going to be a, just a multitude of websites that are going to show you and tell you like, OK, onions, what do you pair well with? Well, carrots and celery. There's one of them. Um, you know, what do you what else does onions pair with? It, it pairs good with beef stock, oh, French onion soup. So, you know, you're, you'll get um, ideas and Nobody uh, is a walking cookbook, okay? Nobody knows the exact pairing of everything. I mean, I mean, there's going to be chefs out there that uh, could, you know, spit off 10, 12 ideas of what to pair with something just because they've been doing it for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. Um, but that's not the expectation. And, and take your time to learn. So take the time to teach yourself how to do that. So uh, first thing is first is we are actually going to take our cranberries and we're going to mix all of the uh, sugar and let's see. First thing, for, we're going to go sugar, orange juice, and water, okay? So put your cranberries in, and this is, this is something that the recipe doesn't actually talk about. I like to take my cranberries, put it in the bowl, right? And then I'm going to take my sugar. I'm going to sprinkle it on there. I'm going to take the orange orange juice part. I'm going to put the orange juice in there. Okay. And then next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that all these cranberries are getting nice and tossed into, you know, this the sugar. And, and the orange juice is going to help the sugar actually stick to the cranberries. So you know the the thing we're doing here is we're just helping the emulsification of it all. So, we're making the process happen a little bit better because the more it can the more that this dish can actually like sit on low and kind of, and stew and have these these simmering spices really come together the better. Okay? So, we got our sugar, we got our orange, we have our cranberries, water is going in the pot. Now, personally, I don't like to wait till the water boils, you know, and this is just an efficiency thing. There are certain recipes that you do have to wait till it boils, but on this one, you don't. So, you know, toss your, your cranberries in the sugar and orange juice. And go ahead and put it all into the pot. All right, good to go. So next step is we are going to drop in our simmering or our cinnamon stick. And then we are going to keep them uncovered and bring them up to a soft boil. And we talked about the soft boil a couple shows ago, but I think it was a chili show, but bring that up to a soft boil. Okay. So, and remember the soft boil is the, the bubbles around the edge. So you don't want it, a rolling boil where it's spitting out a bunch of steam and you can hear it. A rolling boil is like, you know, exactly what like it sounds. You can hear it the water is really going it's you know it's at that 220 which is the temperature that water boils at um so what you're going to want to do is bring this up to a simmer okay just a nice soft boil let it uh let it cook like that for about 15 minutes now you might see a little bit of like uh how do i say this skin I guess, uh, forming on the top, feel free to use your spoon to actually, uh, kind of remove a little bit of that. You know, you don't, what you don't want to do is you don't want to like be stirring it a lot. You know, this is one of those ones that you just want to keep nice and and nice and soft and nothing. We're not going to boil it hard. We're not going to, you know, um, cook it fast. It's one of those slower simmering ones because the slower we can do that, the better it breaks down you know, that cranberry. And what we don't want to do is explode the cranberry. We want to kind of keep them whole. And so when you're eating it, you're getting these nice little pockets of like cranberry that has its own little filling in it. It's it's really neat how it works out. So, but the only way we're going to do that is by taking our time and having patience with this. So about 15 minutes, nice soft simmer boil, soft boil. Um, And then we're going to add our orange liqueur and the rest of our orange zest. Okay, we're going to cook it for another five minutes. Now, after that, you're going to remove from the heat, remove the cinnamon stick. This is the big one. Remove that cinnamon stick, because if you don't, it will get bitter. And I can tell you from experience, bitter from cinnamon is not desirable. If anybody knows what the cinnamon challenge is, you know what I'm talking about. There's no one out there that I have ever seen in my life, this is a cinnamon challenge, that has been able to eat a full tablespoon of cinnamon, just raw cinnamon, without either throwing up or just spitting it right back out. It It just can't be done. And if you can do it, uh, let me know. Tag me in that one because I would love to see that. So, after we take it off the heat. We're going to let it sit there. And I'm talking like basically take, turn the heat off, let it sit there and walk away from it. Okay. I'm saying walk away from a good two hours because what you want that to do is come down to room temperature at a slow rate. Again, this one is all about patience and letting the products do the work, letting the cranberries really do the work, letting everything around it do the work. Um, Once it cools down, we're going to take our orange segments. Now, some of you might be asking what orange segments are. Well, do you remember in grade school when with every lunch came orange slices? You're just going to do that to your orange. You're going to cut your orange up, you to peel the skin off. And then I usually like to cut them up into smaller pieces, like, you know, little like kind of quarter inch to three quarter inch cubes ish triangles whatever shape you want it to be you know it doesn't matter and then so once it's cooled you're going to throw all your oranges in there okay give it a nice slight stir make sure that that temperature is at room temperature and how are we going to do that so how do you know if the middle of this this dish is um, cooled down enough because you know as any kind of common sense things that sits out, the middle is going to be the last part to cool down. So we're going to take the spoon, you know, metal spoon. We're going to stick it right in the middle of the cranberry sauce, right? I'm going to count to 10. One, two, three, four, 10. Okay, You're going to pull it out and you're going to touch that spoon on your lip. That's going to tell you how hot it is in the middle. Now, please do not do this right off the burner because you will burn yourself. Hands down, every time I have, I have given somebody this instruction, they have done it too quickly and burned themselves. This is the point after the two hours that you need to find out how hot it is in the middle. Okay. Now, if it's too hot, um, give it a nice little stir. Let it sit out for a little longer. If you feel good about it, it's, you know, come down to room temperature. You don't feel much heat on the back of that spoon. You know, um, the reason why I say put it to your lips is because your lips are going to feel the temperature immediately. Um, You can also do the top of your forehead. But I I like the lips. It seems a little bit more sanitary, personally. Um, So once that is down to room temperature, you're going to take You're going to remove it from the pan, put it in its separate dish, cover it, throw it in the refrigerator. I'm going to say 24 hours, but at the minimum two hours, I'm telling you, when you get this cranberry sauce out, um, you're, you're just going to, people are going to look at you like, what the heck is this? But when they get that perfect bite of Turkey, cranberry sauce, maybe some mashed potatoes or maybe, you know, some sort of stuffing and they get all of that on the fork and they put that in their mouth and they're getting that sweet and savory bite and everything melding together you got the orange coming through and the cranberry and the salty meat. And I'm telling you, there is no better Thanksgiving bite out there. Hands down. If you find one challenge me on that one. So that, I just, that that's uh game set and match. Like you are just not going to do it. Um, Cranberry sauce 101. This is what it is. You guys get out there, post it, make it, post it, try it before you make it for Thanksgiving dinner. You guys always hear me talking about that. Again, taste your food every time. You always want to taste it. Always. Every single time. Um, I want you to taste your food. I want you to take pictures of your food. I know it's super cliche and people are like, why are you doing that? Are you some social media influencer? And you're going to say no. No. I want to post it so other people can see I made this recipe. It's not a big deal. Let's not overthink it. Taste your food. Look at your food. Set that ambience. Make sure that you are creating an experience. And cranberry sauce is just part of that experience. All right, guys. It's been great. Guys and gals, it's been fantastic. Um, I hope we have an amazing weekend. Next up, we have stuffing I believe let's see what we got here yes next week we have stuffing so make this recipe if you haven't done the mashed potatoes make the mashed potatoes remember we are working our way up to the big day working our way up to that big turkey day we want to practice we want to make sure that when we are making this meal for the people we love and maybe the people that annoy us too that there is that one harmonious moment where everybody is in that food coma bliss. It's been fun. Have a great night. Remember, food is love, and we will talk next week.